Yes, our WebEx is down on the main computer. I have it on the laptop. If there's public comment, I will have to put my microphone up to my laptop. This is the Fire Commission regular meeting, January 24th, 2024. The time is 5.11. This meeting is being held in person. Members of the public may attend the meeting to observe and provide public comment at the physical meeting location or by calling 415-655-0001 and using meeting ID 2493-983-5777. The password is 1234. Members of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes per agenda item. Please ensure you are in a quiet location, speak clearly, and turn off background sounds. Wait for the item you would like to address to be called. When prompted, press star three to be added to the queue. The system will notify you when you are in line. Callers will hear silence when waiting for your turn to speak. Operator will unmute you. You may also watch live at www.sfgovtv.org. Item one, roll call. President Stephen Nakajo. Present. Vice President Army Morgan. Present. Commissioner Catherine Feinstein. Present. Commissioner Marcy Frazier. Present. Commissioner Paula Collins. Present. And Chief of Department Janine Nicholson. Present. President Nakajo will now read the land acknowledgement. Thank you, Madam Secretary. The San Francisco Fire Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestry home land of the Ramatusha Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their tradition, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceased, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretaker of this place, as well as for all people who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we, are, that we benefit from living and working on the traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestor elders and relatives of the Ramatush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first people. Madam Secretary. Item two, general public comment. Members of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes on any matter within the commission's jurisdiction and does not appear on the agenda. Speakers shall address their remarks to the commission as a whole and not to individual commissioners or department personnel. Commissioners are not to enter into debate or discussion with the speaker. The lack of a response by the commissioners or department personnel does not necessarily constitute agreement with or support of statements made during public comment. Madam Secretary, does any member of the public wishes to give public comment at this time? I do not see anybody approaching the podium, and there is nobody on our public comment line. Thank you very much. Public comment is closed. Madam Secretary. Item three, approval of the minutes. Discussion and possible action to approve the meeting minutes from January 10th, 2024. Thank you very much, uh, Madam Secretary. Is there any public comment on this item? There is nobody approaching the podium and there is nobody on our public comment line. Um, public comment is closed. Commissioners, are there any questions or comments on this? It's a action item, colleagues. Oh, okay. I, I move that we approve the minutes. Thank you very much, Commissioner Frazier. I second. Thank you very much, Vice President Morgan. President Nakajo, how do you vote? I vote aye. Commissioner Feinstein, how do you vote? Um, I recused myself since I was not present. And Commissioner Collins, the same? 
the, the motion passes uh, three with two recusals. Item four, Chief of Department's report. Report from Chief of Department Janine Nicholson on current issues, activities, and events within the department since the Fire Commission meeting on January 10th, 2024, including budget, academy, special events, communications, and outreach to other government agencies and the public. Report from Administration Deputy Chief Shane Kailoa on the Administrative Division's Fleet and Facility Status and Updates, Finance, Support Services, and Homeland Security. Thank you very much, Madam Secretary. Good evening, Chief Nicholson. Good evening, President Nicajo, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Feinstein, Commissioner Frazier, Commissioner Collins, Sister Maureen, Command Staff. Uh, my name is Janine Nicholson, and I am your San Francisco Fire Chief, and this is my report since our last Fire Commission meeting on January the 10th. I want to thank Commissioner Collins for joining us at the Martin Luther King Jr. celebration, uh, I mean the uh, march on Monday the 15th, uh, and um, much appreciated to have you there. We had a very good turnout from, uh, from our department, and um, that all went very well, so thank you for your presence there, much appreciated. On the 16th, CD234 and myself addressed the 133rd recruit class on Treasure Island, uh, 58 recruits strong. They're in their second week now. More to follow on that. Uh, we also had our monthly labor management meeting with Local 798 and uh, good conversation and uh, we have a good, currently have a good relationship which I think is super important uh, for the department to run more efficiently and effectively. We also have been having multiple meetings internally regarding the budget and I know Director Corso has been working really hard on it and as has his team and you will hear from him later. I've been to multiple policy meetings with other uh, city departments and department heads on street conditions, as well as the Drug Market Accountability Center, and the city is really making good progress. And I don't know if any of you ever listened to 106.9 CBS Radio. There was an interview today with multi multiple business owners in the Tenderloin who spoke about how, the, how happy they are with the progress that is being made, and our uh, community paramedics are uh, a part of all of that, so strong work to them. <coughs> Sim Chief Simon Pang and I met with uh, Department of Public Health, uh, Grant Colfax and Dr. Hillary Cunnins on um, the collaborative work that we do out on the streets with our community paramedics and how to improve. We are always striving to do that by looking at data and metrics and talking to our people and I'm just proud of the work that we are doing. Chief Mike Mullen and I, Mike Mullen from Support Services, visited Station 17 on Monday and Station 16 this morning and we're going to Station 18 also this week. So we are getting out there to speak to people about all sorts of things from safe driving to the budget 
uh, and to any issues they may be having or concerns they may be having. I thought it was a good, we were there for over an hour, so folks were really engaged. It was uh, really good. And then <clears throat> had our fourth retreat, uh, CD2, CD3, CD4, and Director Corso and myself yesterday. Uh, we've had four retreats. The first one we spoke about priorities. The second one we focused on succession planning. The third one, communications. And this last one, we went over the first three meetings and we also spoke about workflow and data and how we use those, uh, specifically use data to tell our story and uh, improve. And, you know, we are working on putting systems in place to institutionalize policy and procedures. And uh, you will see, again, the rules and regs come before you tonight as uh, part of that, but we're getting work product from the committees. So that uh, is all getting formalized by CD2, 3, and 4, and Director Corso in order to really push a culture of ownership and responsibility even more so. And, you know, we can always improve, and that's what we strive to do. And by putting some of these things in place, um, you know, those are our goals for the year, basically, to do uh, many of those things. And I will let Chief Lettrip speak to you later about the rules and regs. But I would like to thank you, Commissioner Feinstein, for your kind words today uh, that you sent me, and thank uh, the rest of the commissioners for coming to headquarters today uh, to acknowledge the 89th class 30-year anniversary today. So thank you so much, and uh, here's to another 30 years, not in the department, but you know what I mean. Um, so, but thank you, and. Uh, last but certainly not least, a very happy birthday to President Nakajo today. So thank you. Thank you very much, Chief. We'll do public comment on the Chief's report at this. There is nobody approaching the podium and nobody on the public comment line. All right, public comment is closed. Commissioners, any questions, comments for CD1, please, at this point? Commissioner Frazier. Thank you for your report, Chief. Just one question. The station meetings, are they sort of a town hall with you and other leaders with uh, folks in those stations? Is that how it... So since I began four and a half, almost five years ago, we instituted a policy of each of the command staff members getting out to several stations every few months to keep up the communication between the field and administration. And so... Uh, we used to do it alone, uh, but I just, um, we have switched it up a little bit, so we're sending, uh, many of us are going out in pairs uh, to stations, and we all just sit down, and um, they are welcome to ask any questions they like, certainly, or uh, give us any suggestions, and uh, just have an open line of communication. Um, and we try to inform them of what we're doing what the administration is doing uh, for the department and how we advocate for them and all the hard work that's going on, uh, just so they know uh, a little bit about what's going on. Must be very interesting for both parties attending and, and, and certainly worthwhile. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Commissioner Fraser, Vice President Morgan. Uh, thanks for the report, Chief, and uh, congratulations on your 30 years. 
you go another 30, right? You know, just, oh, yeah, no just problem. Just like Joe Biden. You be the next Joe Biden. <laughs> I want to ask you, uh, that was just a joke. Um, this, um, I was kind of interested in the, the uh, demonstration you're going to have at Lake Merced. Can you give a brief description of what that's going to be like? Or? Yes, so we have gotten... Some we've gotten a new hose tender uh, uh -huh. in, and uh, we got money from uh, Assemblymember Ting, uh, secured us a million dollars, as well as the city uh, gave us some money to purchase three hose tenders. Basically, what it is, it's just, it's an above ground hydrant system for when uh, pipes fail, okay. and so we will still have a source of water to bring to mm -hmm. a fire. Uh, in a uh, neighborhood or area that is impacted by broken pipes and a failure of the hydrant system. Okay. So it will be some of that and uh, just a demonstration of what the, hose ten the new hose tenders are capable of. Mm -hmm. uh, they're capable of a lot more than, than the ones that we have that are probably 35, 40, even more years old. Yeah, but it's we always like to have redundancies in our systems. Mm -hmm. So we have the low pressure hydrants, we have high pressure hydrants, and we have uh, this uh, um, you know above ground uh, hydrant system. Okay. We've invited all the electeds, and some will be there, and some are unable to come. Uh, but it's also a big deal for the west side of the city, where. Um, they are putting in, they are laying pipe right now um, to be an auxiliary water supply in the event of, it's a, it's a co-benefit system. It's, it will mostly be used for potable water by the PUC, but there will also be an ability for us to use water from Lake Merced and other sources if we need to in the event of, uh, you know, a conflagration or a disaster, because they don't have the high-pressure hydrants on the west side of the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a little ways out, right? But uh, that high-pressure infrastructure? So the auxiliary building. infrastructure, yes. Yeah. The infrastructure is not actually um, connected to uh, our high-pressure system, which is the three tanks in the city, Jones Street, Ashbury, and Twin Peaks, mm -hmm. uh, millions of gallons there. Uh, it's not connected to that, so they can't really call it part of the high-pressure system, but it is an auxiliary. Uh, it can function as an auxiliary water supply system. Eventually, it will be able to, but it's very expensive, and the main use for uh, the system that's going in will be potable. And, uh, and the other topic was uh, one of these... Uh one of these reports about the he uh, Healthy Streets Operations Center and the Tenderloin Joint Field Operations Incident. Commander positions, how's that going? Or should I ask uh, Chief uh, Tong or Chief Peng that? Or? So I don't have an update on that, but we, uh -huh. we have, for the past several years, provided the incident commander. It's been one of our paramedic captains uh -huh. that has run uh, the show for uh, the Joint Field Operations, or for the Healthy Streets Operations Center. And it's basically we go around to folks that are living on the streets, and we offer services. Um, and it's a, a multiple department uh, program, including uh, police, public health, 
uh, HSH, Public Works, uh, and uh, one of our community paramedic captains oversees the whole thing. So you have a big role in it. Sounds like a good deal. All right, that's all I got. All right, thank you, Chief. Thank you very much, Vice President Morgan. Commissioner Feinstein. Yes, thank you. Um, congratulations on your 30th anniversary, Chief. I'm sorry, I could not be with you, but I was there in spirit, and um, I, I, I'm not going to wish upon you another 30 years. Thank you. Well, it, 30 years of life, but thank you. Doing <laughs> something you enjoy doing, <laughs> besides being chief. Um, I. I had just one question, or really one comment. Um, I was reading through these miscellaneous attachments we received and uh, the, the, about the displaced resident information card. That is a terrific idea. I don't know where it came from or how it came to be, but I just really, I mean, I, it's one of those things that you want to say, why didn't we think of that sooner? Um, it's really, really um, uh, something that uh, uh, whoever came up with it should be proud of. That, that's number one. And number two, when, when you're talking about um, the hose tenders and um, uh, it, you know, not having the high-pressure hydrants um, out in, on the west side of town, um, and under, give me an example, if you can, of what kind of, what degree of incident would be necessary before this system would be deployed. So if you remember the 1989 earthquake, which I'm sure you do, in <laughs> the do. Marina District, you saw I us see. have to use the fireboat uh, to pump in uh, water into hose lines uh, because all of the hydrant uh, all of the pipes failed in that area. So it would really be a catastrophic failure of uh, the pipes uh, and thus impacting the hydrant system. It also could be a fire that is literally a conflagration that takes up an entire city block where the amount of water coming from the domestic water supply system uh, is not enough and that we need more capacity. So we could utilize it then as well. Well, this is, this is going to be a good improvement. Hopefully it never gets used. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you very much, Commissioner. Commissioner Collins, is there a comment or a question at this time? Thank you very much, Commissioner. Um, again, congratulations, Chief, for your 30 years and your colleagues in the department. Uh, what was nice about today's reception is that your colleagues and partners in the department were there and I really enjoyed each one of you in terms of uh, your comments. So thank you for that. Uh, I also wanted to comment that I really uh, believe in uh, the retreat, and I know that you reported uh, the command staff retreat that you had and the segments that you had. So I just wanted to um, comment that I think that's really a good tool. Thank you very much, Chief. At this point, um, we have, I believe, CD3 ready to present. Thank you very much. Chief Nicholson, good evening, Chief Kalua. And at this point, please present. 
Good evening, President Nicasio, Vice President Morgan, Commissioners Feinstein, Frazier, Collins, Chief Nicholson, Maureen, Command Staff. My name is Shane Kailoa, Deputy Chief of Administration for the San Francisco Fire Department, and this is my report for November, December of 2023. We begin with the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Office under the direction of Assistant Deputy Chief Sean Buford. Chief Buford attended regular meetings uh, with city uh, racial equity leaders to discuss policy, share ideas, discuss initiatives, and to ensure that we are in line with the uh, mayor's initiatives and that we're guiding those throughout our organization and our initiatives. He also participated in the Dream Keepers Initiative and Human Commission's uh, workshops, and he met with the Racial Equity, Career Development, and Community Outreach Committees. Chief Buford will be acting as a liaison, working with the committee chair and co-chairs for those committees. As Chief Nicholson uh, discussed earlier, we have reconstituted the committees to drive the chief's priorities and drive this organization forward. We made some adjustments to those committees, having the assistant chiefs move out of the role of the chair and co-chair and move into the executive committee, allowing for growth in our chief officers, our battalion chiefs, and now along with our captains, now chair and co-chair the committee to develop their skills, drive timelines, goals uh, to be met. And Chief Buford will be a liaison to those committees developing. He just had a meeting discussing the plan of work and the priorities and action plans for those committees, specifically to the ones that I speak of in the Racial Equity Action Committee, is to review and revise the REAC and redevelop uh, our next action plan for the REACT. He also uh, is discussing with the Career Development Work Group and developing lateral and horizontal um, guides to promotion, to making things as simple as the squad, how to become a surf rescue uh, person, uh, and to develop a document that gives a clear pathway to all of our members in all ranks of our fire department. Um, also, Chief Buford and Lieutenant Hashim Anderson are working with recruit messaging and marketing through our partnership with SFGov. Uh, we want to better tell our story, advise folks what this department does, and how we provide value to the citizens and the visitors of San Francisco. We've identified four videos that we'd like to work on, and the very first is recruitment with an angle uh, to athletics, uh, also EMS, and the third, let me think about this for a moment, EMS, recruitment with an angle, and we're also gonna be highlighting uh, all of the divisions within our fire department to educate the public what each one of our divisions is doing and how it directly affects them. Uh, those will be able to be broken down, not, not just shown on SFGov, but we're also able to use that footage and push that to our own website so we can have a broader reach and then break those down into smaller videos that we can then push to our PIO through our social media to then capture another larger group. Uh, during the month of November and December, that uh, Lieutenant Hashim Anderson and Chief Buford also completed the 133rd Academy onboarding process with coordination with our Office of Employee Health, our ISB, and Chief Nicholson. It is an enormous, enormous job uh, to 
uh, get those folks through that onboarding process. Oh, and I should mention, obviously, HR as well. Uh, Lieutenant Hour, I'm sorry, Chief Buford also presented at both the H3 Level 3 and H2 Academies discussing what his office does and how it supports the field and how so specifically how it supports the academy. Uh, Chief Buford is heavily involved with Chief Mao at the academy level to assist her in any of her needs uh, with the academy. Lieutenant Hashim Anderson on December 7th attended the Mission High Fire EMS dual enrollment program. What you see here is some of that training being taught by Truck 11. This is vehicle uh, extrication. I think you've heard me speak about this program before, but it gives an eye to uh, the fire service and EMS and provides the students with some insight on what it is that the fire service does and to create a pathway to the San Francisco Fire Department. On December 18th, Lieutenant Hashim Anderson, he's one of the hardest working folks in this fire department, if I may say, is uh, in this picture. He is presenting to the San Francisco Conservation Corps, developing uh, a relationship and a pathway for those folks, uh, discussing uh, uh, the San Francisco Fire Department, what we do in both suppression and EMS. Uh, this partnership also led to uh, I believe it was seven or nine, and I'm sorry, I'll get that, uh, that specific number for you, a small cohort uh, where these folks were brought to Treasure Island uh, training facility. They were taught S-130 and S-190 by Chief Pablo Seguenza. He's a battalion chief at Battalion 6. Uh, in this training, they get to learn about wildland firefighting, something that the San Francisco Fire Department also does. Uh, it discusses uh, wildland fire behavior at a basic level and firefighting tactics in the wildland uh, interface. Before I move on, I just also want to I want to discuss Lieutenant Anderson's work beyond there's so much that he does, and, and part of it is recruitment. And Lieutenant Hashim Anderson is out constantly with CORE and our other folks in CORE uh, recruiting at a very high pace. He utilizes um, social platforms to deliver messages. Because he's a one-man show, he is innovative. And so he utilizes teams to provide the information to folks where folks have a date where they can jump online and understand what the San Francisco Fire Department does, how our hiring process works, and Beyond that, Lieutenant Shum Anderson is in constant contact with folks, assisting them through our process. It goes well above and beyond uh, what is required to assist folks through the process of being hired in this fire department. And so I just wanted to point that out. On top of that, he works with our IT department uh, in developing a recruitment onboarding database uh, thanks to Jesus Mora and uh, DT, and that is proving uh, so efficient. It allows Lieutenant Hashim Anderson to put these folks into that database and follow them throughout the process so that we're constantly checking back and ensuring that they have the information that they need so they can be successful. All right, we'll skip that one. <laughs> 
Aha. Health and safety under Battalion Chief Matt Alba. Uh, during the months of November and December, Chief Alba conducted facility dog handler interviews. The selection was Nicholas Brady from EMS, who is now working in uh, the Department of Emergency Management, and he will be receiving canine trooper, hopefully in January, but we will update you when trooper gets here. This is gonna be a great addition to the Department of Emergency Management and for this fire department. We know the stressors that come with working at DEM and being a 911 dispatcher. So not only will this assist our fire department, this will assist our partners over there at DEM. An initiative that Chief Alba's been working on is a partnership with IFF on peer, I'm sorry, it's per and polyfluorocal substance, also known as PFAS free turnouts. PFAS is a uh, forever chemical. And so when it is in your blood, it never leaves. Uh, it is found all over in many um, materials, but it is also found in turnouts. There has been a large discussion on this subject at every level in the fire service from the federal to the state. Uh, and so uh, it's important that we look for PFAS and where it affects us as firefighters, as you know, we are in contact with many uh, carcinogens and uh, chemicals that are cancer causing, PFAS is one. And so we partnered with the IFF with five other cities. We'll be doing, uh, the two vendors are Firedex and Lion. It'll be a 90 wear, a 90 day wear test. We'll, we'll be really looking for that fit the ability to move in those turnouts, but more importantly, is how much heat our firefighters are holding with this new turnout. So we're looking at all those aspects and more uh, to see how we'd like to move forward. It's very early in, in, uh, in turnouts and manufacturers aren't making them, and uh, so these two are, and we'll be testing those. Because of those discussions, because of Chief Alba and all of his work, we've put Chief Alba in Firescope at the Health and Safety Committee. That uh, Firescope is a um, uh, board of stakeholders from federal agencies, state agencies, local, and volunteer NFPA OSHA, Chief Nicholson sits on the uh, board of directors for Firescope. We have other members on Firescope as well. We felt it appropriate that Chief Alpha be involved or Chief Alpha be involved in those conversations at that level and be able to bring that information back to San Francisco and create initiatives uh, to help keep our members safe. Another one of Oh, can you go back one? I'm sorry. Too fast. Too fast. Double click. Um, another one of Chief Alba's initiatives is the removal of undercarriage cleaning in our fire apparatus. We, this, this is a tradition and a long tradition in this fire department is training. It happens three times a year. Though every single day our members are checking our apparatus, cleaning the house, ensuring the equipment is working. On triannual, this is a deeper clean in all of those areas. One of those is the undercarriage. Now, if you look at some of those pictures, 
you see the diesel particulate and other chemicals that are coming off of the undercarriage. Diesel particulates are known carcinogen and cancer-causing. This was a difficult decision to make, but not so difficult. We value our tradition. We do, 100%. But we must do what's best for our members. And so that uh, undercarriage cleaning was removed from triannual. Not to say that we won't ever do it. They will have weekly um, uh, inspection. And if it comes to a point where the undercarriage needs to be cleaned, that they'll be doing them with the controls in place of Tyvek suit and 9-5 and gloves and eyewear to ensure that our members are safe when they do need to take care of the undercarriage. But um, just an enormous accomplishment, and that's just Chief Al Picasso looking over our health. Another initiative, <coughs> I apologize. Another initiative was the Scott and Safety, I'm sorry, Scott Safety and All-Star Equipment gave the SFD Arson Bureau a class of their newly purchased PAPR-powered air purifying respirators. This was an initiative uh, driven by Chief Alba. Now, when you think about a fire and you see the pictures when Chief uh, Luttrup is speaking and he shows you when those fires are burning, our folks are in full PPE and wearing SCBAs. SCBAs last a certain amount of time based on the firefighter's fitness level and the work being done. But they're fully encapsulated, breathing clean air while in an austere environment. Later, when the fire is out, and it's been somewhat ventilated, our fire investigators go in there to find origin and cause without breathing apparatus. So our folks are in there looking and sifting for hours through this scene, looking for that origin and cause without breathing apparatus. And so they now have breathing apparatus and the PAPR gives them a longer time to be in that environment and be protected uh, fully so they're bringing breathing clean air while they're working. Under behavioral health, under Captain uh, Buren, they had 58 contacts for assistance in the month of December and delivered a two-hour training to the 133rd Academy recruit and family. This, this is just another move and not just taking care of our firefighters, but taking care of their family. And so I'd like to thank uh, Chief Julie Mao, she's in the room, for uh, allowing the BHU to come in during family orientation. Family orientation, we've spoke with many times, the importance of family orientation, uh, to have the folks understand what their loved ones are about to go through. But this moves into the behavioral health side of things to have the families understand what the behavioral health unit does, why it exists, and how it can help not just the individual, but the families as they go through the academy and beyond the academy when they work for this fire department and to be able to give the family members resources before our recruits even start the academy so that if they recognize that they're struggling or maybe the family is struggling because it's a difficult time when your folks are in the academy and it affects the family, both uh, not just the individual, but the family, but that they have resources that they can go to if they need help. 
Uh, Captain Bjorn is also working with our grant writer Shiloh for trauma risk management training. This is used in the military and new to the fire service. It identifies or it trains the behavioral health unit how to identify PTSD, PTSDI, and how to uh, provide resources for that. Under the Office of Employee Health, Dr. Brokaw, Nurse Practitioner Phelps developed a newsletter featuring information on the three viruses circulating this winter, being influenza, RSV, and COVID, and giving strategies uh, such as vaccination, hand washing, and masking. They performed 15 new hire screens for the 133rd Fire Academy and EMS Academy, three promotion uh, and probation exams, and over 50 return to work evaluations were performed in the, in. December while standing up uh, COVID vaccine station at station 49. Beyond that, uh, the, the team at the Office of Employee Health is constantly looking for initiatives to get our folks healthy and back to work. And so they also attend a labor workers comp meeting, looking at the data of our injuries, uh, the length of our folks being off uh, and speak in listening and sharing ideas and developing initiatives. One of the things that was brought up as we speak about PTSD and PTSDI is how to better serve the folks that are suffering from PTSD. When a person is medically given the diagnosis of PTSD and then moving into a, uh, how do they prove that they have PTSD? How do we track it? How do we say, where is it coming from? Developing initiatives of uh, how do we track it in HRMS? How do we keep it secure? And those are some of the early discussions that they're having there among many others that come out of that meeting. So they're doing far beyond uh, what is on the slide. Oh, I'm sorry. We do have four candidates. Uh, for Dr. Brokaw's replacement, we have a tentative uh, interview date for January uh, 29th. Is somebody just clapping? No. <laughs> uh, under uh, investigative services, ISB Captain Todd Weddle continues to do our uh, random testing program. Um, he completed the 133rd background investigations and is completing multiple courses in our Microsoft suite. He's also um, uh, sending our, our breathalyzers for calibration. We have one out now. When that one comes back, we will send another. And then the third, this is not something that we have to do, but something that we do do. It's absolutely important that we can validate any test that we give. Um, I feel like I had something else for Captain Weddle. Next time. Under support services, Assistant Chief Mike Mullen, I'm sorry, Assistant Deputy Chief Mike Mullen in support services, uh, had a total of 149 requests for service were initiated during the month of December and 169 service orders were completed and closed out. That's an enormous accomplishment. He took in a receipt of six community paramedicine um, vans and is in the process of upfitting. 58 members of the 133rd were outfitted with turnouts, helmets, boots, PPE, and jumpsuits, and T-shirts. Our fourth Ferrara tractor-drawn aerial is due for delivery on January 24th. 
Uh, this is all while on top of managing his HVAC and heating, boiling issues. I believe the last I counted is between 13 and 15. Uh, it's not something that I could probably do in this report in a timely manner. Uh, you can see in your report the amount of work that Assistant Deputy Chief Mullen is doing um, uh, on top of the fleet management and accountability of where our money is going and ensuring um, that we are receiving what we need uh, based on our funds being spent. Uh, happy to report that our plumber received, or we received, 23 service calls, and our plumber handled all of those in December. Under our Earthquake Safety and Emergency Response, ESER Assistant Deputy Chief Miller uh, continues to work on many, many of the ESER projects, including our EFWS, our PEWFs, FS and fire scope work and generator maintenance programs over the month of December or November and December. Well, every month he is focused also on our fire training facility. Uh, he and the SS engineers data acquisition and study of air, air quality during SFD live training. So they come out, they want to see what are we burning? Number one, what, are, what is it that we're burning? How much of it are we burning? how many particulates are being sent into the atmosphere, and how long that burn actually lasts. Uh, Chief Miller also uh, conducted multiple design meetings with uh, stakeholders such as Chief Julie Mao, Deputy, uh, Deputy Chief Luttrup, and others in the design process of the new training facility. A conceptual site master plan was selected by Chief Nicholson which is an important milestone and represents a general location of the primary structures on the site. Through those months of November and December, we were uh, uh, visited by the 132nd Academy when they ran their 10 miles in their last week coming to the headquarters and ending up at DOT. We were happy to meet them that day and to support them through their run. This is the longest run of their academy. And it was uh, the first time that they have come by headquarters and it was nice to see the academy. Uh, Chief Nicholson uh, gave the uh, badge pending to the 132nd Academy on November 17th. This is truck 19 and the class picture in front of uh, the facility. On November 21st, uh, the SFT distributed hot chocolate candy canes and cookies at St. Anthony's. Thanksgiving holiday. On November 21st, the command staff carved turkeys at Glide's Thanksgiving event. And on November 22nd, graduated 12 new EMTs. On November 23rd, the command staff helped with turkey carving on Lock Self Help for the Elderly. 500 meals were delivered to the elderly by SFFD, SFPD, and the Sheriff's Department. And on November 28th, Chief Nicholson spoke at the Knob Hill Holiday Tree Lighting Ceremony and congratulated firefighter Christopher Irvin for achieving Protector of the Year by the Knob Hill Association. We also participated in this year's Winter Walk at Union Square. And there's another one. Crew members from Engine 2, Truck 2, stacked gifts for the SF Firefighter Toy Program at the St. Francis Hotel. And uh, Sally Casaza, who you saw in our last meeting, was honored. Um, at the USF Dons basketball game on December 11th. And that picture on the left is me hyping the crowd up. 
<laughs> I did that, right? Uh, thank you, and I'll be happy to take any questions. Thank you very much, Chief. Uh, at this point, we'll take public comment off of CD3's report. There is nobody approaching the podium, and there is nobody on our public comment line. Public comment is closed. Uh, commissioners, at this point, any questions or comments for Chief Kalawa? Commissioner Feinstein. Good evening, Chief Kailoa. Uh, you've been busy. I have some random questions that okay. will uh, kind of go from uh, one area to another. Um, I, I, I share your concerns, um, and I'm really happy to hear about PFAS. And, you know, with furniture now being made with carcinogenic cushions and coverings and frames, um, it, that the last thing our firefighters need is to be wearing carcinogenic uh, uh, turnout gear. So I'm, I've seen in a couple stations, you know, the washing process and the hanging them up and, you know, separately from, from people, but that's not going to undo things. So I really think that that's an, an, a very important um, the area, arena to explore. Um, so thank you for doing that. Um, I just had to know, because I wasn't sure, what is sulforaphane? Sulforaphane? Yes, I, I know what you Will speak Will you say of. it for me? I, I would hate to try. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is that project? Yeah. I don't know enough about it. Let me get with um, uh, Chief Alba. I did see it, uh, and I'll discuss with him and report back to you. Okay. I was just curious yep. as to what it was and mm -hmm. what it was intended to do. Yep. Um, I'm moving over now to, um, oh, one of our favorite topics, Fire Station 7. Yes. Okay, my understanding was Fire Station 7 was to be included in the current bond that was used to uh, construct the new 35. Is that correct? What more time? That the... It, 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 that, that Station 7 was initially included in the same bond that was used to uh, build the new 35. To build the new fire training facility, if I may, through the uh, president. Help, so, help me here. Yes. Yes, that is correct. It was initially, uh, it is in dire need of replacement, and it was uh, uh, in the, um, on the list of things to do, yes, and with this bond, however, uh, the entire bond is being used for the fire training facility. I am having high-level conversations with uh, several people uh, in, um, in uh, high-level positions in City Hall because this is not meeting our need, and we have um, a great need for uh, facility remodels and rebuilds, and the program that uh, is being utilized right now that we are mandated to utilize is not serving 
uh, our great need. So those conversations are underway. Uh, I have spoken with Commissioner Collins about it as well, but we'll keep you apprised and, and let you know of uh, progress on that. It is... Um, it's important. It's important. It's frustrating for us because we know the need. We see the need. We have all worked in these stations and... Um, you know, and it's not just Station Seven. There are a multitude of other stations that uh, that that need uh, work, seismic work. Some of them need to be completely redone. So there is a great need out there, and um, our need is not currently being met. So more to follow. All right, thank you. Um, it, it, I'm almost done. So everybody, please indulge me. How much? have we spent so far on the new training facility? I'll have uh, Chief Miller come up and brief you on what we've spent. And Reva. Reva will help. <laughs> Good Thank evening, you. President DiCaggio, Vice President Morgan, Commissioners Feinstein, Frazier, Collins. Chief Nicholson, Maureen, command staff. I'm Gareth Miller, Assistant Deputy Chief of ESER Projects. Um, the current spending for the uh, fire training facility is approximately $4 million at this point. Uh, there are a number of other encumbered funds because we have engaged an executive architect and their contract is over $12 million. But the expenditures so far through our 10 weeks of concept design are limited. We obviously haven't started any construction, um, but there have been a number of vendors engaged for uh, the planning purposes and uh, the evaluation of the soils, you know, civil engineering activities. And like I said, we're most of the way through concept design. Um, so looking forward to getting our first estimate back and seeing how realistic the ideas are as far as fitting in the budget, which is allowed. Very good, thank you. You're good. Moving along, that's very good. Mm -hmm. Okay, last question, I promise. Um, I, I, I note the, um, under the potable emergency firefighting water system, that the project estimates per mile of pipe installation have gone from 15 million to 43 million dollars. Per mile? Well, mm -hmm. Per mile, it's what it correct. says. Yes, I can uh, speak to that briefly. Uh, if Thank you want you. more detail, uh, we can certainly uh, get it from uh, Chief Miller again. So, yes, we were quite shocked at that as well. Um, and that was uh, um, the initial estimate by the PUC, and it was uh, clearly underestimated so we were quite shocked as well and um, you know um, yeah not happy about it any remedy not that I see no we are again we have to work with who we have to work with within city government and um, yeah and I believe is it 6040 that we're paying for uh, this system, 60% uh, fire department is paying for, 40% PUC, and again, it's mostly going to be used for uh, potable 
Um, it will obviously be used in significant emergencies by us, uh, but uh, it's primarily another, um, you know, more potable system for them. Co-benefit, they call it, co-benefit. A co-benefit. Mm -hmm. I learn something new every day. Thank you, Chief, and thank, thank you, you, Chief Kyle Loa. And I yield. Thank you, Mr. President. Did you have a question as well? Okay, so then you go to Commissioner Collins, and then I'll ask my question after VP. Go ahead, please. Uh, thank you for that very thorough report, Chief Kailoa. Um, in the DEI um, section, I was wondering uh, what you see as your biggest challenge going forward. It looks like a lot of emphasis has been placed on recruitment, and that's going well. Um, what about it's after you get people here and part of the department? And um, it's going well, but we still need to to work on recruitment. There, mm -hmm. there's there's much work to be done mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. in recruitment. So we'll we'll continue those efforts. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the challenges we see is. Uh, career development and ensuring that what we do in career development is fair and equitable throughout and but we're we're ready to meet those challenges and we have Chief Buford who's excellent and has the connections and has the train and uh, meeting regularly with racial equity leaders to develop initiatives to meet the challenges. Great. Well, that's good to hear. Keep, keep, keep going forward. Switching topics, um, I'm thinking about the uh, negligible seismic safety of some of our firehouses. I know that um, it's unacceptable for many public buildings to not meet seismic standards. I'm wondering if whatever laws, regulations cover schools and other government buildings could be extended to our firehouses. I'm wondering if the, in this current um, cry for more housing development, in our city and conversion of office to housing and other uses. We could also point out when those areas are going to be serviced by fire, uh, firehouses that are substandard and might be at risk seismically and in other ways to take care of this development. In other words, we're part of the neighborhood safety envelope. And I'm not, I'm not sure that developers of this kind of housing or office or conversion have an eye to the infrastructure that supports them. I'm wondering if that's an argument that we could make in, in general. just. Yeah, and I'm happy to sit down and, and talk with you further about this. Mm -hmm. What I would say is that a lot of the new buildings have new fire safety codes and regulations within them. Mm 
which is um, likely to reduce uh, the need for fire protection from us, uh, but there still will be more people that we need to uh, help if there is uh, some kind of fire, and obviously uh, through medical services. So, believe yeah. me, I, mm -hmm. I understand. I built those buildings. I'm yes, aware I know of the you standards. did. I, you know, mm -hmm. smile at the fire marshal, but there's always an incident where the fire department's called. Always, without yes. fail. Yes. So we are part of the the neighborhood infrastructure, and I wonder if that's realized as these projects are being approved. A thought. Um, Thank you, yes. I, ha I have many since our conversation, most of which I will not repeat now, but my, my brain is churning, including um, third-party estimates for some of these costs that keep escalating um, and not relying um, on one source of estimating. Uh, went at the at the outset of a project and then at appropriate intervals maybe having some outside eyes look at it to verify could be a good idea yes I know uh, Chief Mullen spoke about that in a meeting that we were in uh, earlier this week so I know there are some efforts being made towards uh, towards certain projects um, you know roofing projects etc uh, so yes great Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Commissioner Collins. Commissioner Frazier. Thank you. Thank you for your report, Chief Kylo. It's really interesting. Um, I'm really uh, interested also in the PFAS. You say in your notes that it's an actual study and uh, that other cities are participating around the country. Um, so that's terrific. Can you, are they, you know, I'm, I'm imagining they're studying the effectiveness or the fit, the feel, yes, uh, all of that. Are they doing anything biological in the study? Not yet in the trial wear. Okay. We're hoping that those begin after we go through the trial wear. Okay. Uh, I actually confirmed that with Chief Alba this morning uh, if we were at that phase. Great, so maybe that's the second phase or some biological measurements, that'd be good. And then the other thing I wanna say is what I understand about sulforaphane or whatever, it comes from broccoli, cabbage, and Brussels sprouts. It's in cruciferous vegetables. It's more of a supplement than a chemical. That's all. Thank you very much, Eat your Brussels sprouts. Vice President Morgan. Yeah, when can we get those Brock shots? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to you, Want sir. To it's coming to cancer. you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know Chief Alba is working on it. Yeah, great. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, Commissioner Feinstein uh, spoke on one of the items that caught my eye as well with the infrastructure, the water pipes uh, per mile. It went from 15 million to 43 million. And I'm like, wow, what, what happened there? Yeah. But oh well. <laughs> and then I noticed, in, you know, in some of the maintenance that we're doing, uh, it's very costly. It's usually heaters and uh, water boilers, I was noticing, that, uh, on the various stations around the city. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, you know, it, a little under a million dollars. I don't know if that's a year, but I mean, the one time that's, that's pending, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know budget talks are coming up. But, uh, and we get some electric heaters in there. <laughs> 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 but, 
just trying to be creative here. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, this is, uh, they just caught my eye. And I know uh, the pipe fitters, uh, they're pretty pricey, huh? Yeah. yeah. But uh, I know the, some of the buildings are older. And, and But once they get them fixed, it's a done deal. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Know? It so, is costly work. And uh, Chief uh, Mullen is very on top of the financials and ensuring that uh, what we're being charged is correct. Right. Right. And fighting back if we have issue. And then also, uh, well, the undercarriage, going back to the undercarriage thing, um, you guys are cleaning your trucks that clean, huh? You get yes. under there. It's a very important time for the field during training. Well, it builds a lot of pride in the stations and how the apparatus uh -huh. and the station is kept, uh, not just for uh, the fire station, it's, it's for the uh -huh. public to mm -hmm. um, and so part of that is the undercarriage and mm -hmm. it's beautiful when it's done, but mm -hmm. it, we know there's carcinogens there and it's not that it's not going to happen anymore, mm -hmm. but when it does, we want our people no, uh, yeah. protected. No, that's good to be clean. You can see safety, you know, potential safety, you know, violations or, or, or hazards, shall I say, you know, when mm -hmm. it's clean. Now, when you're talking about the, undercarriage uh elimination of undercarriage you're talking about the materials that you use to clean the undercarriage the elimination of that it's the material. elimination of every triennial cleaning that undercarriage to that depth and uh -huh. so with the weekly inspections they'll be able to be on top of it while they're inspecting other areas of the apparatus and if mm. it is noted that the undercarriage needs to be cleaned it'll happen before triennial mm. if it's before triennial with the proper ppe on okay Great. And then uh, you, get, you answered one of my questions. I said, what's Trooper? So that's going to be a new, new service <laughs> Yeah, that's dog. our new uh, yeah. canine. All right. Well, welcome to the family, Trooper. Yellow love. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for this. This is a great report. Uh, and a lot of information in here. And, and uh, thank you for your uh, report, Chief Kailoa. Thank you very much, uh, Vice President Morgan. Um, thank you very, very, thank you for your report, uh, for your comprehensive report. Uh, thank you, Chief, uh, for chiming in with information. As you can tell, uh, with a full body of the commissioners, the kind of expertise that are up here with the kind of questions that they ask as well. Uh, so thank you very much for your comprehensive report, Chief. Madam Secretary. Item five, revision to rules and regulations revising section 2303, assumption of command. Chief Lethrop to present the revision of rules and regulations, article 23, deputy chief of EMS and community paramedicine, section 2303, assumption of command. Uh, good much. evening. Oh, good evening, sorry. chief. Go ahead. Evening, President Kajo, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Collins, Fraser Feinstein, Chief Nicholson, and command staff. I do want to um, clean up a little confusion about this item. Um, this is actually an informational item. Going back to September when you approved our rules and regulations, uh, I just wanted to present the finished product to you, the, the clean version of the document, so that you would have it before you. Um, and I did put one at each of your desks. There are no substantive changes to this document. Um, and I want to thank you for the efforts uh, you put into driving it to this point. And uh, we expect issuance to the field this week. And I just wanted to thank you. And I did want to thank 
You've heard his name a lot today. Chief Mullen, before he took on the uh, Herculean task of support services, put a tremendous amount of work into these rules and regulations. So I wanted to also uh, pass that on. But the document that you approved in September is the document you see before you, just in a readable format. So thank you for your time. Thank you very much, uh, Chief. Um, as an update uh, in terms of this particular report, thank you for your 99-page Hold on for a moment, Chief. Rules and regulations. That's a hundred. Is there any yeah. question or comment beyond the Chief's update? It's not an action item, it's an information item, colleagues. Okay, are we? Good evening. Thank you very much, Chief. Thank you. Duly noted, it's in the records. Madam Secretary. Item six Fire Department Operating Budget Fiscal Years 2024, 2025, and 2025, 2026. Discussion, presentation from Mark Corso, Deputy Director of Finance and Planning on the San Francisco, San Francisco Fire Department's operating budget for commission review and discussion. Discussion of SFFD base budget and budget structure, as well as issues and priorities. Thank you very much, Madam Secretary. Good evening, Director Corso. Good evening, President Acogeno, uh, Commissioners Chief Maureen, Command Staff, uh, Mark Corso, Finance and Planning. Here to continue uh, discussion on the uh, department's budget, continuing from last commission meeting and as we move forward through this year's process. Uh, last meeting, we reviewed kind of the city's uh, fiscal picture and the budget instructions that were given to departments from the mayor's office. Uh, this year, this meeting, we'll get into uh, the department's budget a little bit more, uh, more from the from the structure and the makeup of the budget to also the challenges and priorities that we have going forward. So just a brief overview of the highlights from the last meeting. Um, as uh, we discussed there, uh, we received some of the information from the city's joint report that outlined the city's fiscal outlook for the next few years. Um, as part of that, as it pertains to the budget process, uh, we do a two-year rolling budget process and the city's projecting approximately an $800 million uh, deficit over the next two years of that budget process, the fiscal year 24-25 budget and the fiscal year 25-26 budget. Um, that will be the period that we're gonna be negotiating during this process. Uh, as a result of that rather large deficit, departments were uh, requested to propose ongoing reductions to their reliance on the general fund, uh, equivalent to 10% in each year, along with a 5% contingency. Uh, and for the fire department, that equates to $12.2 million uh, for the 10% and the $6.12 million for the 5%. And just to note, uh, there's a number of structural issues that the city needs to address during this process. Uh, if all departments um, somehow gave their 10% in each year and 5% contingencies, uh, that's I think just a little bit over half of the overall deficit. So there's a number of moving pieces going on. Uh, labor negotiations are ongoing for outside of police and fire, uh, all other city departments. Uh, so there's a few other areas that are up in the air. Uh, briefly, just want to touch on the timeline. Uh, this is, as uh, I mentioned last meeting, this is back to the normal cadence interrupted briefly by COVID, but uh, we're back to the normal timeline where in December, uh, budget instructions are released, the joint report and the fiscal uh, implications of that are uh, released to departments as well. Uh, early in 2024, which we're currently working with the controllers and mayor's office on, um, in February, the city will release their six month report of the current fiscal year. Um, obviously, if there are any impacts uh, in that report that will impact the process, those will be noted as well, but generally that's uh, restricted to the current fiscal year. Um, February 21st is the uh, mandated date for budget submittals to the mayor's and controller's office from all city departments. 
over the next few months after that submittal, um, the joint report gets updated with any additional information, uh, both on the expenditure side and the revenue side. And in addition, uh, the six-month report becomes the then nine-month report uh, for the current fiscal year. Uh, June 1st is the mandated date for the mayor to submit a balanced budget to the Board of Supervisors. Uh, during the, the probably most likely the last two weeks of June is generally when we have our budget hearings or all departments have their budget hearings uh, in front of budget and finance at the board and board chambers. And then uh, as a result of those hearings, uh, the uh, final budget is negotiated amongst the supervisors and then eventually signed off by the mayor. And that usually happens uh, late July and, and then or early August. Commission-wise, uh, the timeline for uh, the department here, um, last, as I mentioned last meeting, we went over instructions, uh, budget instructions, and just kind of an overview of the process. We'll get into, at today, tonight's meeting, uh, a little bit more of a discussion specifically pertaining to the department's budget. And then uh, potentially at the next meeting, uh, on February 14th, we would have a final proposal submitted to the commission for review before our submittal date on the 21st. Uh, if needed, um, occasionally, rarely in the past, it has happened, but it has happened where we would need a special meeting uh, that could be held the, the week, the timeline of February 15th to the 20th. And then, as I mentioned again, the 21st is the date for our departmental submittal. So following up on the last meeting, here's kind of the items for discussion uh, tonight. Uh, just a high level overview budget summary of our budget. Um, and our structure of our budget. So the sources, our revenues, where we're getting our funding from, uh, our uses, expenses, where the money is going to, uh, what type of things are we spending on, how is our budget broken down in that regard, and where and what areas uh, are the different budget uh, aspects of our uh, overall budget. Uh, and then just a discussion of the base budget. What is the base budget? How is it related to what we're talking about and going forward? And then also uh, kind of start the discussion. I mean, it, you hear it in all the reports, every uh, commission meeting from the chiefs. Uh, what are our challenges? Obviously, we have a number of them, um, and they come to light all throughout the year, but also they get highlighted during this process. So we'll get into that a little bit uh, in more detail. So at the highest level, um, our budget for the budget that we're considering uh, is the 24-25 budget and 25-26 budgets. And the first, uh, the second year, last year's process was, becomes the first year as it's a rolling budget. So overall, uh, our budget is about $530 million. Uh, we are very heavily reliant on the general fund, um, approximately $366 million this year. And so whether there's changes directly or indirectly to that budget, where the city is uh, gets a reduction in overall revenues that may not sp specifically relate to fire, there is an impact as there is just overall competition for those limited dollars across the city. So. Uh, that's where we do have some of our challenges. Um, we do get, have some revenues. We do uh, pursue federal opportunities and other outside uh, funding sources. But for the most part, we are predominantly funded by the general fund. Here's a high-level summary of what we would call funds, the different, different uh, kind of big aspects of the department budget. So we have the airport, which is 100% funded by the airport. Um, that equates to about $36 million in the upcoming year. We have our general operating fund. This is, when we talk about the budget in general, this is generally what we're referring to. This covers operations, administration, support services, prevention, investigation, NERT, all of those areas, training, all those areas that are general day-to-day -day operations for the department, that is rolled up into that number there. Uh, the annual fund and continuing fund are generally 
uh, project-based where we have some smaller projects, either one-time allocations or ongoing. Um, those are much smaller in nature where like some of our capital allocations would be uh, included in our continuing fund, things like that. Uh, we also have a work order fund where we are providing services for other departments. We do get reimbursed for those services. So specifically here, we're looking mainly uh, at the Port of San Francisco. So we are uh, funding some fire prevention services there in addition to fire boat services. And we uh, have fire employees and then we bill the port and get recover those uh, costs directly to our budget, but they're tracked a little separately. And then just some technical uh, transfers in there. So overall you see adding up to that $530 million number, but predominantly it's our general operating day-to-day -day, uh, fund budget that we're uh, talking about. So here is uh, a very high level summary of where those monies are going uh, by what type of expenditure. And as you can see here, we're predominantly um, not changing. Uh, structurally, there's not a lot of changes being proposed currently in our budget um, and rolling over from year to year. Uh, we're about 90% salaries and benefits, 90% personnel costs. And as we'll see on the next slide, that's mainly dedicated to frontline operational staff. And so that is where the majority of our funds go. And a lot of the minimum staffing requirements, uh, response time mandates, et cetera, those dictate how many people we have on duty, uh, how many uh, apparatus we have going at one time. And so that is flexi flexibility-wise, we are very limited uh, when we're talking about personnel. Otherwise, a lot of these, while we talk about personnel uh, meeting Prop F and staffing requirements, all these other areas directly support those efforts. So, so whether you're talking about fuel, medical supplies, apparatus, capital work at facilities, et cetera, uh, those, all these other areas are very much relied upon to fund the frontline operations of our department. So we'll talk a little bit in the next slide down uh, a little bit further, but our flexibility is extremely limited, even for the things that are not technically in, say, Prop F or other minimum staffing requirements, all the other infrastructure in the department directly supports it. So here you see kind of an overview of where operationally our budget is allocated, and you can see the big red piece of the pie is frontline operations. That includes uh, fire suppression and EMS. Uh, we have broken out all the other areas that directly support operations, administration, support services, et cetera, as well as our other areas such as radio, uh, some of our EMS-6, community paramedicine areas, training, et cetera. Um, so I guess the, sh the main message from the previous two slide, previous slide and this slide is that the majority of our budget is allocated to personnel costs that directly support frontline emergency medical, uh, fire suppression, and community paramedicine operations. So as part of your documentation, you received a little packet too that is kind of a summary of what we call our base budget. So there's three budget years essentially in here. Uh, one is our current year, which has already been approved and vetted through last year. And then the two, what we call base budgets uh, for the next two years. And this includes um, what a base budget is essentially what we have as far as what is turned over to the department to make adjustments to. This includes all known uh, health and benefit rates, all known salary MOU costs, impacts, any uh, work orders with other departments, any contractual adjustments, anything that's known at the time of the budget being approved is then what we are then allowed to modify off of. And when we're talking about making reductions or uh, additional revenues, that's off working off of that base budget. So what exactly is included in our base budget? 
So we maintain in our uh, base budget our frontline EMS, uh, community paramedicine, and fire suppression staffing levels and staffing at all stations that we currently have uh, today. In addition, our base budget includes, as we have in the current year and have had in the past few years, uh, two H2 firefighter academies in each fiscal year, along with uh, H3 EMT paramedic academies to uh, maintain current staffing levels. It's not proposing additional staffing to those uh, divisions, but it helps maintain those staffing levels. And then in addition, there are some allocations for equipment and capital projects that were approved last year in the process, but those will get reevaluated every year, even though it's a two-year budget. So what are our challenges? I don't think any of these are of surprise to any of the commissioners, uh, but we'll talk through them a little bit, and I'm sure we'll get a little bit more discussion with them. Um, there are a number of uh, outside, uh, especially this fiscal year, this year's budget process. We have an election year, obviously, as I mentioned, MOU negotiations, uh, the overall status of the economy. Those are a lot of outside factors that may influ influence not just the department's budget, but the overall city budget. So those are a lot of unknowns as we enter this year. Um, right now, a lot of the projections from the city do not include a recession. Uh, whether that comes to fruition or not, uh, those impacts are not included. So that would only worsen the outlook economically if that was to occur. Um, for the department, as I mentioned, our limited flexibility uh, with staffing. We don't have, like other departments, the ability to move people around as needed uh, because we have to have and maintain minimum staffing levels, which means if we move somebody, we need to backfill, uh, which costs overtime, obviously. So we don't have a lot of flexibility when it comes to staffing. Um, we have a lot of our uh, personnel costs making up the vast majority of our budget, not a lot of limited flex, not a lot of flexibility elsewhere. So a lot of the like, for example, you saw about 30-something million for work orders, but a lot of that is due to workers' comp and other areas that we just we can't really uh, eliminate or get rid of. Uh, so we obviously work for efficiencies there, but nothing to the scale of what's being requested for the department. So for the uh, overall level of reductions that are being requested, about $12.2 million, uh, we're obviously looking to find any efficiencies, both operational and fiscal, to relate to that. But in reality, something that full uh, and the full amount of that would definitely uh, reach into impacting frontline operations and emergency staffing. So that is obviously uh, a huge challenge for us. And we have communicated that and will continue to communicate that to the mayor's office over the next uh, three months, four months. Um, and they're well aware of our challenges there. So where are we in the process? As I mentioned, uh, we're having our internal discussions on priorities uh, and challenges and needs. Um, just because we're in an economic uh, kind of downturn doesn't mean that our needs have magically disappeared. So uh, it is a uh, challenge to weigh those needs in along with uh, potential budget reduction. So we're obviously uh, taking a good look at all the aspects of the department. Uh, we're continuing our staffing analysis with regards to projected hires, new, uh, new hires and retirements, and what our overall staffing levels will look like. Um, we're looking at our facilities and uh, equipment allocations uh, for our you know, projected limited funds over the next few years, but how do we make the most of the money that we're allocated? Uh, we're looking at revenues across the board, uh, EMS revenues, fire prevention revenues. We're not necessarily looking at proposing additional fees, but we're looking at other revenue opportunities that may uh, come across. And in addition, as I mentioned, even though our budget is submitted on February 21st, we will be in uh, very detailed discussions with the mayor's office over the next few months uh, up until June 1st uh, release of the budget.
So with that, happy to answer any questions. Thank you very much, uh, Director Corso. We'll do public comment off of Director Corso's report. There is no, nobody approaching the podium, and there is nobody on the public comment line. All right, thank you. Public comment is closed. Commissioners, at this point, any questions, comments for Director Corso? What it is. Vice President Morgan, thank you. Uh, thanks for your report. Great report, thank uh, you. Mr. Corso. Uh, all right, uh, uh, as far as the negotiations with uh, Local 798, uh, is that contract up pretty soon? Or, excuse my ignorance, but no. I, I wasn't current. Or, or is that, when is that due? So police and fire are not up this year. Uh -huh. It is all the other uh, labor that is okay. SEIU, Local 21, I don't know M who else. Uh, yeah, MEA, miscellaneous, all the other, uh, every, I think, believe every other union other than police and fire. That was okay. completed. Well, police and fire did their negotiations last year, and all the other uh, unions are up this year. Okay. Now, when will that be up? Uh, or, well, you know, particularly the one that affects us, uh, local uh, 798. When will they be renegotiating? So that, I believe, was a three-year contract. This is the first year we're in right now, so there's uh, another couple of years out. So, 20, yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I was just looking for a year, so it makes sense. Yep. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Absolutely. That, that's Thank, all you. Right. Thank you for President Morgan, Commissioner Frazier. Thank you for your report, Director Corso. Thank you. Um, I have one question, uh, if you could say a few words on the high-level budget summary, the expenditures part, the work orders being the third highest number on that page, about $37 million. Yes. Um, could you just say a little bit about that, please? Absolutely. Uh, we have a few very large work orders. Um, I'll look at specifically the upcoming budget year. I know you had mentioned the one in the current year. Uh, so about... $17.5 million is the workers' compensation work order that we have. Uh, so we, have a, uh, we don't have workers' comp insurance, so to speak. We have a division of Department of Human Resources that handles all the workers' comp claims, and we uh, get billed and work with them on that. Uh, that. That budget has definitely gone up during COVID, and we're still seeing the impacts of that as that goes forward. Uh, we had a large jump in claims, um, but we are obviously, uh, I think Chief Kylo mentioned our regular meetings with DHR to try to improve that process, both from getting people back to work, but also navigating the, the various complexities of that process. So that's a huge chunk. That's almost half of that work order. Uh, we have about $6.7 million from central shops, which is what we use for our maintenance of our vehicles. Um, we are obviously constantly working with shops. Uh, the issue with having an aging fleet is that you're going to have more and more issues uh, to go there. So that's one of our justifications for additional equipment allocations to us is to replace, get newer vehicles and hopefully reduce that. But uh, that's a big chunk as well. We have another about six and a half million dollars for uh, kind of the main uh, work order with Department of Technology for IT infrastructure across the department. And that's kind of a citywide uh, allocation that's broken up by, I believe it's by the number of personnel in your department. Um, these work orders were not necessarily held against us, so to speak. So if there's an increase in the budget year, it's not adding to that $12 million uh, deficit that we're looking at, but it is a very large piece and there's just very limited flexibility we have with that. So uh, or the, the 17 million and the 6.7, those are services we're buying from basically from the city of San Francisco? 
That entire the entire amount for work Fair orders enough. is all from various and the other IT. departments. Okay, so all all of it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Fraser. At this point, thank you very much, Director Corso. Our next meeting is when you, February twenty fourth, are going to bring an action. Excuse me, February fourteenth, or when are you bringing this action item? Correct. It will be the next meeting on February 14th. Okay, so next meeting, February 14th, you're going to bring the budget item to be approved. Yes, and uh, we haven't fully developed our proposal, but I imagine it will be in line with previous years where we are not able to meet that uh, target reduction without impacting uh, staffing, and I don't think that's something that the chief and the department are going to recommend, but uh, we will obviously provide additional information well in advance of the meeting. All right, thank you very much for uh, that statement, Mr. Vice to President. Chair, yeah, and you said it was possible that we'd have another meeting uh, before the next meeting to answer any kind of questions or uh, it would a be special meeting? A uh, special meeting would be most likely after that meeting. Oh, after for, the next meeting. But if you have other questions, I'm happy to oh, discuss oh, yeah. offline too. Okay, I would just want to verify that. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right, thank you very much, Director Corso. Thank you. Madam Secretary. Item 7, Commission President's Report and Update. Report and update from Fire Commission President Stephen Acajo on guardians of the city, including expenditure of the Wilman Trust Fund and communications with Supervisor there. Stephanie's office regarding payroll deduction legislation. Thank you very much, uh, Madam Secretary. Uh, colleagues, this is just an update uh, information. Uh, it was written in the agenda to be specifically being able to talk about Guardians of the city uh, in terms of uh, our relationship with the fire commission <clears throat> and then separately to that is a, a possible ordinance that supervisor Stefani is going to sponsor. So let me narrate this information as a carryover item that the next officers and the, and the commission will be uh, taking up just as a point of information guardians of the city are not just the fire department. Guardians of the city is the sheriff's department and the police department a very tri-historical organization. Very often when we talk about GOTC, we think of the fire relationship component of that. But I just wanted to make that clarity because GOTC has been around in terms of the city and county for quite a long time doing various traditional events with us, the fire department. It's a point of information, in 2015, we had our 150th anniversary. As a point of a request for proposal, uh, out of the Wellman Fund that we, the Fire Commission, have oversight on, uh, GOTC came to us for a request of $146,500. Again, this is the base notes of my information for a, a proposal that was written in terms of uh, antique rigs, repairs, etc. Because at the time for the 150th, we had multiple events that we had, and one of them was a parade concept. Uh, in terms of that time, 2015 to this present day. Um, as your commissioner, I just want you to, to be informed that I've been trying to have multiple meetings with GOTC in terms of their board members and have and have been doing commu continuous communication because basically the goal for us, the fire commission, is to close our books with the Wellman Fund in terms of 146,500. To this date, um, GOTC has submitted various amounts of record keeping for us or receipts or accountabilities. Uh, we've commuted, uh, communicated through our department, basically a request for a simple spreadsheet in terms of the accountability of the 146,500. 
Uh, so I'm informing you that that has been done through various formats. And as uh, recently as the meeting that I had on November the 2nd, uh, GOTC, in terms of the fire component, I'm going to recognize that, uh, send us a 10-page report uh, that basically we had to decipher, which is very difficult and challenging. Bottom line, I saw some accountabilities in terms of 146, 500. I uh, was rest assured, personally I'm speaking, that that was accounted for. But the discrepancy issue became a $6,000 balance. And the $6,000 balance, there was some discrepancy in terms of if GOTC could take those remaining funds and spend it as is, as a donation. And there was some dialogue from the department in terms of that. But whatever it was is that if there was a different allocation for that $6,000 balance, that they would come in front of this commission to request that difference. I particularly at that meeting in November didn't have a difficulty if that was expended in that direction, but I wanted to know exactly what it was. Uh, apparently through my research and, and such, not officially in terms of uh, uh, official information, but October 20th, our department through Chief Mullins sent an issue or a, mo a memo strike issue, a memo to JOTC about removing antique rigs that we had at Treasure Island. Uh, something in terms of our compliance, we've been knowing that eventually we're going to have to abandon the island. And so what I understand is the remaining balance which was the $6,000 was used to remove those rigs. So to the point of them coming to us and asking us for permission, uh, it's a mute point. It's already occurred. Uh, I pretty much uh, can accept that, again, my personal opinion, uh, that the 146500 is accounted for once we get a good spreadsheet that can be enforced that. And I also, uh, once I understand, or we the commission know that that 6000 was used to uh, remove the rigs at uh, TI, uh, I can accept it as well. So at this particular point, I wanted the commissioners to know as we carry over that we're trying to close the books. I personally feel there's an accountability of that. Uh, again, I think GOTC has done us a great support system within our 150th, and that organization is made up of sheriffs and police as well. So I wanted to let you know from this point moving forward and hopefully all of the submittals of information and documentation will be forthwith. I'm going to stop and pause there, take one breath, because Supervisor Stefani, I'm going to use the terminology of her good intention and will, uh, is um, thinking, I'm using that word because it's not official, of an ordinance that she will support in terms of supporting GOTC as a body. And that would be a separate ordinance, has nothing to do particularly with the fire commission except for information. Uh, that ordinance um, talks to, and I checked very uh, strongly with the legislative aid of Supervisor Stefani, legislative aid, uh, aid Mick Del Rocio, to at least conf uh, convey to the commissioners that the intention of that ordinance is to give a optional donation by the city employee uh, because at one point of information, the combined charitable donations that were annual apparently has been done away with. So this is a, uh, an option suggestion. Uh, as a point of information, again, it's not uh, moved to a format of formality. And uh, the legislative head, uh, Mick Del Rosio, I asked him if he could meet with the various commissioners to explain the intention of the supervisors. But I wanted to put this all to bed and closure as I finish off my term uh, as president and just let you, the colleagues of this commission, 
know that we are trying to put closure on the GOTC with the Wellman, and separate from that is Supervisor Stefani's ordinance, and um, that would be on GOTC and with Supervisor Stefani. So with that, as an information briefing, I'm gonna move on. Thank you very much, colleagues, for your support. Uh, it'll be a carryover item, so it will still, <laughs> still be among you all. Uh, Madam Secretary, um, do I need to take uh, public comment off my uh, update report? It looks yes, like you I do. do. I'm going to call for public comment off the President's update. And there is nobody approaching the podium and nobody on the public comment line. All right. Public comment is closed, Madam Secretary. Item 8, Fire Commission Election of Officers, Discussion and Possible Action. Item A, nomination and election of commission president. All right, colleagues, thank you very much. It is an action item, it is a discussion, and at this point, um, I guess we'll go through the motion first, uh, Madam Secretary, then ask for public comment, and then take the vote. Correct. Okie doke. Colleagues, may I, the floor is open for nominee of the president of the fire commission. Uh. Commissioner Frazier. Yes, I would like to uh, nominate someone. First of all, I want to thank you for your leadership, your mentorship, your stewardship of our group, and specifically your mentorship of me personally as a, as a newer commissioner. And I'm just so pleased I got to serve with you uh, in that capacity. I've learned a lot from you, and I thank you. Uh, that's a lot of ships, including your cruise ship, and now your <laughs> GOTC ship. Anyway, mm. thank you for everything, <laughs> President Nakajo. Um, moving right along, I want to nominate uh, my fellow Commissioner Morgan for President of the Fire Commission, uh, somebody who we all know is even, is steady, is kind, and a leader that we would be grateful to follow. So I nominate Army Morgan for President. Okay, so there's a nomination to uh, nominate the Vice President, uh, Ari Morgan, for the presidency. May I second the motion? Commissioner Feinstein, thank you very much for that second as well. May I third it? <laughs> Commissioner Collins, thank you very much for that as well. I'm just going to, before we call for the question, Madam Secretary, ask uh, Vice President Morgan, are you willing to serve in that capacity, Vice President Morgan? Yes, I accept, and, and uh, I'd like to thank the commission for, for your support and your nominations and your confidence in me. And uh, with your help, well, we can get through this thing. Can't do it without you guys. Thank you very much. Call for the question, Madam Secretary. President Nakajo, how do you vote? I vote aye. Commissioner Collins, how do you vote? I vote aye. And Commissioner Morgan, how do you vote? Or, I vote you? aye. Okay, the motion is unanimous. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Thank you. Next meeting, you could, we could switch. Item B, nomination and election of commission vice president. Thank you very oh, much. Um, I'm sorry, we never took public comment on, on the president election. Right, thank you for the, uh, that correction. Uh, can we get public comment on the president's uh, nomination election? There is nobody approaching the podium, and there is nobody on the public comment line. All right, public comment is closed, Madam Secretary. Item B, nomination and election of commission vice president. Thank you very much, Madam Secretary. Colleagues, the floor is open for nominee of the vice president of the fire commission. 
Yes, and I would uh, like to nominate uh, to serve as our next vice president, uh, Commissioner Marcy Frazier. And um, would just like to say a few words, if I might, um, with, leave of the, with leave of the chair. Um, I do want to thank you, President Nicaggio. You've been an, a tireless worker. And um, I think, as everybody in this room knows, but maybe um, not the five or 10 people watching on WebEx, <laughs> you, you have been on this commission for 17 years. And in addition to that, for more years, have served as just an amazing civic leader. And you really need to be recognized that for the many things that you have done for the community at large as well as the fire community. Um, and really want to thank you for your guidance. And um, it, 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 I'm repeating what Commissioner Frazier said. Um, but, you know, you've, you've just really been there for all of us. And um, I know there is a saying, but I'll get it wrong. Um, telegraph, television, telephone, tell the firefighter, or ask Commissioner Nicaggio. <laughs> that, 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 you just need to add that on there. Um, so thank you. Thank you for your service. Now, turning to the right, and um, uh, you know, Marcy Frazier is a really amazing woman. Um, as a retired ER nurse at, at General, it, it, she was always on the cutting edge. And you know, as hearing the stories that come out, um, uh, yeah, was volunteered to work on the very first HIV-AIDS ward, which, if memory serves me, was Ward 5B, but I may have that wrong, um, and always worked in the, worked the toughest jobs, and has continued on since she retired to still remain of, of service to those in need um, in, in the community, and, um, it, you know, I, I just think, it, and it's remarkable because she's really helped us. She really understands the EMS components and can pronounce the drug I can't pronounce and knows what's in it. And, um, you know, it just brings a, 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 a level of excellence and knowledge um, that this commission is responsible to oversee, um, but you know, it's sometimes very hard to figure out. And aside from that, she's just an absolute delight to work with, um, always willing to share her knowledge, and really a thoughtful, um, hardworking, wonderful person. And um, yeah, you, 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 you've, taken, you've taken on this uh, mantle um, with, without any hesitation, and you've gone for it. So I would like to nominate you to be the commission's next vice president. Thank you very much, uh, Commissioner Feinstein. We're going to need a second, colleagues, on this nomination motion. Commissioner Collins. I second. 
with great enthusiasm. Thank you very much, Commissioner Collins. Vice uh, Commissioner President Fred, Ocasio. Um, let me ask the oh, question okay. first, Madam Secretary. Are you willing to serve in the capacity of Vice President Commissioner Frazier? Yes, I will. Thank you. Okay, Madam Secretary. President Ocasio, how do you vote? I vote aye. By, uh, Vice President President Morgan, how do you vote? I vote aye. And Commissioner Frazier, how do you vote? Motion is unanimous. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Yay. Madam Secretary. Uh, there is nobody approaching the podium and nobody on the public comment line. All right, public comment is closed. Madam Secretary. Item nine, adjournment. Before we adjourn, I just wanted to publicly acknowledge and thank the Secretary of the Commission, Maureen Coffrey, for the support to this commissioner and to the whole commission and to you, Chief Nicholson, and to the command staff. Thank you very much for all of your support. This meeting is adjourned. Gov TV, San Francisco Government Television.